Hey y'all, and welcome to another episode of In Killing Color. Today is episode number 24, and we're going to be discussing the tragic, super tragic case of Lamora Williams. Not sure if you know who that is, but by the end of the new episode, you will. Let's get to it. These are their stories. Jamil Penn said that he learned his boys were in trouble when their mother called him via FaceTime. She panned around the room and then Penn saw his sons on the floor. And he talked to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and said, after I saw what I saw, you know I called the police. But the strange part about it all was that when Lamora's first call after that video was not to him. Her longtime friend, Nisa Smith, told the um, Atlanta Journal-Constitution that Williams called her first on that Friday night. Nisa said that she asked her what was wrong and Lamora said, I can't do it no more. The friend said that Williams told her that the boys were dead and I said, call the police, Mora, just call the police. So you already know where this is going and how the story is about to go. So in 2017, Lamora Williams was a 24 year old, newly single mother of four children. According to the Williams family, she has always been troubled and it was only made worse by the children's father leaving them and possibly postpartum depression because we can never discount postpartum when it comes to new children and moms because it is a lot. William's sister, Tabitha Hollingsworth, noted that the behavioral and emotional problems started with started with Lamora when she was young and she recalled Lamora trying to attempt suicide back in the day. Brenda Williams, who is Lamora's mom, said that she was a slow learner and it was to the extent that she had to be pulled out of public school and she had to be homeschooled. So at the age of 18, Lamora had her first child, which was a daughter, and her daughter's father helped the family. And after that relationship failed, she got into a long-term relationship with a man named Jamil Penn Sr. and they had three more kids. Now in 2017, when Williams was was 24, Penn, not sure what happened, but their relationship was over, but he still helped with the children and with her finances. So when Jamil broke it off with Lamora, Lamora's mom told Penn that, hey, something is going to happen, whether it's to her or there's kids, she's going to do something. And to be quite honest, a mother's intuition with shit like that is 96% of the time right. Lamora's mom also tried to get custody of her kids or either have them removed from her care after Lamora's dad passed. Now, in a call to the Division of Family and Children's Services, Williams' mom expressed concern about her daughter's mental health and was worried that she was not feeding her children or just taking care of them in general. This concern was also backed up by Williams' sister stating that Williams regularly left the children at home alone. And these kids were toddlers. I'm talking about one, two less than five. Lamora's mom spoke to CBS at one point and she actually called her daughter a sick person. She said, my daughter is a sick person if she did what I think she did. 
The mom wore dark sunglasses to hide her tears. She said, Lamora wasn't right and she's just never been right. So, on the evening of October the 13th, William's close friend Nisa Smith received a call where Lamora was in obvious distress. When Smith asked Williams what was wrong, Lamora simply said that she just couldn't do it anymore. She went to tell, she went on to tell Nisa that her two youngest children, one-year-old Jacarter and two-year-old Keontae, she went and told them that they were dead. Now, Nisa asked for Lamora to call the cops, like, please call the cops. But instead of Lamora calling the cops, she went and FaceTimed her baby's daddy. Now, during that call, she flashed around the room, whatever, and Jamal saw his kids on the floor and he immediately hung up, called the cops. And then at around 1130 p.m., Williams decided to call the police herself. And I'll probably post a clip of this on Instagram, but in that 911 call, Williams claimed that she left her children with her cousin, then she changed it to her sister, and she went to work, came back, and found her children dead, but it was a, like, 11-hour time difference. Where you work at, well, you gotta work 11 hours. I mean, you wasn't a nurse, I don't know, but it was an 11-hour difference. She stated that one child was trapped underneath an oven, both were burned, and claimed that their brains were on the floor. During that same 911 call, Williams was really, really, really pressed about not going to jail. Because in the call, she was like, hey, I want to call, but I don't want to get in trouble. Like, she literally just came, kept saying, I don't want to get in trouble. She would never give the address. It was, a more, it was more than two minutes and 20 seconds before she even told the dispatcher where she was. Now, she told them several times that she was at work and she had left her three sons with her cousin, who left them alone in an Oakland City West End apartment. And this is what she quoted. She said, oh, this is so serious. I'm so scared. I don't want to get locked up because I was at work. The dispatcher definitely tried to calm her down and promised to send help. But Williams just kept saying that it wasn't her fault. She didn't want to go to jail. So the police, the fire department, and the ambulance came to the scene and the two youngest children's burned bodies were found. Williams' three-year-old son, Jamil Penn Jr., was also found unharmed inside the residence. So there was a stove with two children under it and another three-year-old off to the side. Like, I can't even imagine. Williams' first child, the daughter, she was with other family members during that time, so she was not there to witness this. And of course, the detectives did not believe her story and she was promptly arrested. Now, in addition to the six murder charges, six murder charges, the mom was also indicted on a charge of making a false statement and two counts of aggravated assault and concealing a death. Lamora pleaded not guilty. Now, the medical examiner could not rule out that the boys had been strangled before being placed in the oven, but neither of the boys had broken bones or any blunt force trauma. And they were not burned, according to the reports, but their bodies were damaged by the electrical oven. And they say that the thermal changes appear to be entirely from dry heat and changes from prolonged exposure to the heat. So they weren't burned, but they were heated. 
and it would take an extensive amount of time to get to this degree. So remember, it was an 11 hour span of time. Now, when the neighbors were interviewed, they said that the apartment smelled like death, which indicates that the bodies may have been there for a few days. So it's quite possible that Lamora had done this several days before and just decided to say something. So that is wild as hell. So a grand jury did indict Lamora on charges of murder, making a false statement, aggravated assault and concealing a death. She was also charged with cruelty to her children, which was warranted because her three-year-old son was there when his brothers died. Now, it was unclear if Lamora was found guilty, as at this point, there really is no updates on the trial, and her name does not appear in any of the Georgia Department Corrections inmates. Now, given the suspicions of her mental status, it's most likely that the court found her not competent to stand trial. If so, they may have admitted her to some type of psychiatric facility or a hospital or something like that. Now, her oldest daughter is with the family, but it was unclear how the mom just continued to have custody of these kids, given her unhinged condition, because her mom was constantly calling CPS. The dad was concerned. And that also shows a lack of empathy when it comes to CPS and some of these families, because if you're being called by the girl's mother multiple times and you're not even like checking, like, what are y'all doing? So let's flash back a little bit. So in 2014, Lamora's mental health began rapidly deteriorating when her dad passed, followed by a miscarriage and then the breakup of her and Jamil. Now, they did make a note that she more than likely did suffer with postpartum depression and most women know exactly what postpartum depression is that can create bonding issues with the baby the mom contribute to sleep lack of sleep feeding problems emotional damage verbal complications in kids all type of stuff so it doesn't just affect the moms it affects the children too now Postpartum does affect one in eight new moms, but the risk is significantly higher for new mothers of color. Notably, while black women are more likely to have postpartum, they are less likely to receive help. And that's another issue because a lot of us don't want to accept the fact that we just have something going on that we can't fix because we're taught to be superwoman. We have to fix these things and we don't get the help we need. And, you know, a lot of the factors contribute to why women of color don't get these helps because it might be lifestyle, it might be finances, it might be living conditions, it might be lack of being able to even get to someone to get this help. And that's just, that's a lot for me. And this story was a lot for me. It's not a long one because like I said, once this case happened and she was charged, it's seemingly like Lamora disappeared off the face of the earth. Like there's no records anywhere. So that's either telling me that she's been put into a mental situation or I mean, that that can only be it, right? Because she, she's not still in jail because there's no record of her being in jail at all because I've reached out, searched. There's no record. So to be quite honest, I'm trying to figure out where is Lamora? Like, where's Lamora? What happened to her? What happened to her after the case? 
I'm hoping she's getting some type of help where she is. I, I just want to know where's Lamora? Because in the pictures I saw of her, she looked very dejected. She looked sad. She looked, I won't say like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a lot for me. Let's just rewind a little bit. Now I did, I know I'm all over the place, but y'all like, I just, this story was a little bit complicated to get through and build up. So it said, it's saying that according to some court records, the family lived in a two-story brick home at one point. And for like previous years, police responded to the house between 15 and 30 times for domestic violence complaints, medical emergencies, and drug-related calls. So this possibly was when she was staying with, um, when she was with Jamil. And one of her children actually told investigators that she wasn't taking care of them and gave a threat to call authorities. Like, instead, she kept them away from the police and she made them sleep outside in the shed. The child also told investigators that Williams let her kids eat frozen food, often in the bathroom when they didn't take a bath like they were supposed to. They said that their mom did not flush the toilet. The children were living in filth and... It's just, it's just a lot. I don't know. It was just a lot. This story was a lot. It's a short story, but you never, you just never know what's going on with people and you just kind of try to be sympathetic to it because you never know. She had a rough life. She had disappointment after disappointment and kept having kids. Them two together is a cocktail for disaster. It really is. I hope she got the help she needed though. So uh, thank you all for listening to this quick episode. Um, Make sure you're following me on all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, at In Killing Color. Um, All the research and writing was done by me. My theme song is by Remix Maniacs. And my production is by the Sweet Talkers Network. I will talk to y'all soon. Bye.